Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. To do it. Been a couple of pens missed this tournament so far. There have been. 65th minute. And Zigi's look confident. Lawrence Atizigi in goal for Ghana. Cristiano Ronaldo from the spot. Steps up. Never any doubt. Into the back of the nets. Cristiano Ronaldo. It just had to be this man. He simply cannot stay away from the spotlight. <laughs> CR7. The first man to score at five different World Cups. Difference maker. Record breaker. Cristiano Ronaldo. Well... Cristiano, what's that, three, four days after um, finally parting ways with Manchester United, scoring the goal this morning, Portugal getting the result 3-2 in a, well, a whirlwind second half over Ghana this morning. Great to have your company wherever you're listening here, SCN Time, Flash and Jeevesy. And without further ado, the man who's putting the voice for us here on SCN for the World Cup, Jordan Cornelius, has joined us this morning. Good morning to you, Jordan. Morning, Flash. Morning, Brett. How's things? Really well, thank you, mate. Um, firstly, how's your week been? You're, um, you're just living out the dream there, mate, just waking up at the early hours and talking about the great World Game. It's been a terrific start to the World Cup. Yes, yeah, no, it has been. It's been a good, a good week so far to start the World Cup the first few days. We've, we've seen every team now, so it's been good fun. But, uh, yeah, living out the dream, I suppose. It's um, sleeping through the day and, uh, and, and being awake all at night, but it's, it's good fun, though, and I'm happy to do it for the next month. Jordo, really selfishly, I want to I want to kick off with the first question. I pulled Spain in my sweep. Uh, where's Where's my cash at? Is, am I Am I in the game there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. This yeah. is good. Even uh, it didn't even it didn't take a seven nil result no. either for you for you to be in the oh, game. They seven nil. Seven nil against. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't actually see that. Okay, well, I am in the game then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let no, Let's take the let. Yeah, sorry, no, Jordan. You. I was just going to say, let's let's go back and start the week. Well, not the, not the second day, weren't we? That Australia against France, the backlash, the conversations, etc. Um, where have you seen it since then? Um, I find that we're very typical here in Australia, with especially the fans that don't follow the game at all, and they're happy to pile on. And that seemed to happen a little bit after losing to the world champions. Um, what, what did you see in the game, and, and more importantly, tomorrow night against Tunisia? What, what do you think needs to change? Yeah, the um, the, the game against France. It was actually the, the first couple of uh, the first sort of phase of the game, the opening twenty minutes, half an hour. It was actually pretty good for Australia. We were we were comfortable on the ball. We looked good. We looked like looked like we belonged on the stage alongside France, and we had that opening goal in the first nine minutes. And things were looking good. After that, we went we went too defensive, and we just let we allowed France to come back into the game. So I think I think the game plan um, just probably 
that I think that's what let us down because up until that point where we scored the goal and then, and then to the point that we conceded um, the next two goals, we actually looked like we were we were in the contest. So um, I think it's probably I don't think it was a personnel thing. I think most of the players that Graham Arnold had available to him to pick in the team were actually they actually did the job when we were looking good. But it was just the the mentality, the attitude. And I think we weren't brave enough, and that's been uh, that's been a theme at this World Cup with some of the the, the lesser ranked nations who have caused upsets, um, like Saudi Arabia a few days ago beating Argentina, um, Tunisia getting a draw, a pretty you know a, a sturdy draw against Denmark, um, and even Japan yesterday beating Germany. All those sides played brave football. They they took the game on. They didn't go into their shell against the bigger nations, but Australia somehow did, and I think that's um, that's that's a part of the mentality of of the way that we set up and maybe the game plan that needs to change. And I think that's what needs to change tomorrow against Tunisia. Tunisia aren't uh, a France. They're not going to to beat us with raw pace and, and skill like France did. Um, but they are a good team, as we saw the other night against Denmark. They probably surprised most people, really, by getting a draw against Denmark. And it was a good draw as well. Um, so uh, it needs to be more positive football for the 90 minutes. And we can't afford to go back in our shell because then we'll just we'll allow the other teams to dominate us. Jordy, there was uh, there was a lot made of uh, the World Cup squad selected. Some some old heads left out. Um, you're laughing at me here, Dave. What are you laughing at me for? I'm just laughing at your um, extraordinary knowledge of the game. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be next to Les Murray. It's great. I'm laughing. <laughs> well, 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 it's good. It's, I'm not wrong. There no, was a, not. there was you're a lot made of on. changes to the Accurate. squad. Some old heads. Coach left out his son-in-law, David. He did. Such was the the, the need for change uh, from the coach. What what. What did you make of that? And, and I guess some of the commentary around that was that, you know, with, with, with some young legs, there was hope for the type of game style that you're asking for, uh, a little bit more dash, a little bit more dare. Uh, you haven't quite seen it. What do you, what do you make of all that? Yeah, uh, I don't know if there was... I mean, there was definitely a couple of, of names that were left out of the squad um, that, you know, you know, you know, you know, prizes. But I think overall, the, the general sort of composition of the squad is is pretty fair. Like, the amount of... Uh, well, the types of players that Graham Arnold pick, picks in the squads, um, the players that he picks, most of them, he's, a, he's the kind of coach who wants to pick players who are playing football regularly. So there's a few names, a few bigger names that were left out that maybe aren't getting regular game time for their clubs, and, and he sees that as a factor. And I don't think, I don't think many people had, um, had an argument to that. Um, there were a couple of names. Obviously, Mitch Langerak, who was the number two goalkeeper, was probably the big one. Trent Sainsbury, as you mentioned, the, the son-in-law, was, was another big one as well. And Jason Davidson, who had, who had been playing with Melbourne Victory last season, who had been really good at left-back. But other than that, I don't think there was many absolute surprises. But you are right, yeah, the, the, the type of game style that we want to see, the, the attacking football, um, taking the game on, there are the young guys in the team, and that's the next generation of Australian football that are coming through. And we've got those guys in the squad with Garen Quall, the 18-year-old from the Central Coast Mariners, Marco Tilio, who plays for, um, for Melbourne City. They're all in there in that team and um, yeah I don't think look the selection there's always going to be selection uh, dilemmas and, and scandals and but that's like every nation there's that happens with every country around the world so I don't know I think generally I'm, I'm personally pretty um, content with the, the way the squad's being composed I think it's a pretty balanced squad the rest of the games overnight of course Uruguay and South Korea the, the Asian countries still doing well which is really fascinating nil all in that game of course we mentioned Portugal 3-2 and Brazil are 2-0 up as an Everton supporter watching Charleston score goals regularly he doesn't score many for Tottenham but he's scored two for Brazil 
Um, and that that's listen. Can we break down very quickly these upsets? I mean, this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's what we saw with Argentina, uh, what we saw yesterday with Germany in that game. Extraordinary results, extraordinary results for Saudi Arabia, the, Japan. Um, is that more evidence that the the gaps are closing and? all the old conversations previously that there are too many European teams, or not enough European teams, the Asian teams aren't good enough, etc. We can put that to bed now, can't we? I think so. It's definitely heading that way, absolutely. And I'm really glad to see that. I think Asian football is probably, yeah, absolutely. Like you, you talk about Europe and South America being the best two continents. I think Asia is right there as, as, as the next best. And that gap is closing. I mean, Japan have been a good team for, for a long time, but they are getting better and better and better every year, every World Cup. Most of those players in the Japanese squad play in the German league. It's just a trend for Japanese football that they all go to Germany. So they, uh, a lot of those players in the team probably knew their German opponents. They felt comfortable, didn't they? They did, absolutely, yeah. And, and they play... I think Japan are probably the, the leaders of Asian football in the way that they um, the the way they play their game, they're very technically sound. So they've got really good fundamental skills. They're fast. They take the game on. They're brave in the way that they play. And um, and we saw that the other day against Germany. And then and then similar with um, with Saudi Arabia. So normally Saudi Arabia and they're they're a pretty pretty solid nation when it comes to playing against other Asian teams in qualifying. Um, but when they get to the world stage at the World Cup, they tend to go into their shell. They play very safe, very defensive. But we saw a complete shift in that the other the other day against Argentina, where they were taking the game on, they were pressing up, they were putting Argentina on the back foot. For the first twenty minutes of that second half, Argentina were they were up against it. Like they they're not normally made to feel uncomfortable against lesser ranked nations, but Saudi Arabia made them feel that way. And so that's a, that's a trend that I want to see more of in this World Cup. And I think I think more teams, more of the quote-unquote lesser teams might take some inspiration from the likes of Saudi Arabia and Japan and Tunisia and even to a, to a slightly lesser extent Ghana today against Portugal who got pretty close to, to equalising. Um, I think a lot of those lesser nations will take a, take a inspiration and, and think, all right, well, if we take the game on, we press up, we really take it to these opposition teams, we press high, put them on the back foot, try and pepper the goal a bit, then we might actually get a result. So, And, and yeah, all that's been down to um, just general, uh, generally speaking, Asian football and African and North American football improving over the last couple of years. And Jordy, before we let you get back to bed for a little kip shop before the next game, or are you are you, are you off for off for some brekkie, or are you straight into it? Yeah, uh, no, no, I've, I've had uh, I've had my, my my breakfast or my dinner. I don't know what what to call it because I'm, I'm at the end of my my day, so I'll watch the last five minutes of this Brazil game and then head to bed soon. Yeah. You are all over the place, you poor bugger. But uh, before we before we let you take off, in a in a in a word, who wins? Uh, Brazil. And who's your who's your sleeper pick? If you if you're a money man and you're looking for for good value, who do you like in that sort of five through twenty dollar range? Oh, tough question. Uh, my my sleeper was probably. Probably Serbia, but they're they're not looking that good at the moment against Brazil uh, in this game here. So I might I might say the, the Netherlands. They weren't that good the other day against against Senegal, but I do have faith in the Netherlands that they can they can really improve. It might seem like a bit of an obvious choice picking the Dutch, but because they are one of the, the bigger nations, but they weren't at the World Cup the last time, and they've got a very young squad. So they're kind of they're starting from a bit further back. So I'll say the Dutch. 
Jordan, thanks so much for joining us, mate. I've already been listening to a lot of your work and I'm going to enjoy the next two and a bit weeks. Very exciting. All the best. Thank you, Flash. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, mate. And let's head to a break, Brady boy, and we'll come back and continue. Maybe we might rev up the Langer Cummins conversation again. It's Flash and Jeevesy. We'll keep talking shortly.